It's the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min and we are live. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of our phone-in show right here on the Chronicles of Aguna YouTube channel. Big hello to those of you who will be listening to this back as well via the uh, audio platforms. I uh, hope you're all doing well. What a nice day it's been. The sun has been shining here in London. Um, I've been outside on the barbecue. Spurs bottled another cup final. Harry Kane is still without a trophy. I mean, Sundays don't get much better than that. I mean, an Arsenal win would have capped it off. But of course, that game took place on Friday. So it's long gone. And I guess the good side of it is that when you know Arsenal are going to be shit, as we have been for the most part this season, at least we get the defeat out of the way on Friday night. And then it's gone. It's done. You're angry. You're frustrated. You're upset. And then you can focus on enjoying the rest of your weekend. Don't forget, if you haven't already subscribed to the channel, please do so. If you would like to join us during the show tonight, the link is in the YouTube comment section. It's pinned to the top. Click on it and you can jump in to the phone in and we're going to get through as many of your calls as we possibly can uh, between now and in around about 45 minutes time. Joining me this evening to help me uh, co-host the show is my good friend, Albert a uh, long-time supporter of the Chronicles of Aguna. He's got his own channel as well. I'll let him fill you in on how you can go and find that. But we finally got to meet one another at the protest the other yeah. day. I'm delighted uh, to say we finally got to meet one another. Welcome uh, back to the Chronicles of Aguna. Albert, how are you, my friend? I'm good, man. Yeah, like you said before you brought me on, man. Like, yeah, it's nice to actually meet you. Like, as much as I don't mind the Twitter world and talking to people, um, yeah, that, the, the good thing about that protest, mate, is you met some people that you'd never sort of met before. So it's, it's great to finally meet you, man. And um, I've been keeping well, man, keeping up the grind outside of YouTube world and YouTube world itself, man. So thank you for having me on, man. No problem at all. Uh, delighted to have you on the show. And I'm going to get some of your thoughts, Albert, on the big talking points. But we've got a caller waiting in the wings. So I'm going to bring into the show uh, Sebin, who joins us. Sebin, first of all, how are you, my friend? And where are you joining us from? Uh, hi, Harry. I'm fine. I'm calling from India. Brilliant stuff. How are things in India at the moment? Oh, it's frozen, I think. Can you hear us, Sevin? Yeah, I think he's frozen. Yeah, yeah. I can hear you. Yeah, can, uh, yeah, as, yeah. How, how are things in India at the moment, my friend? Uh, not really good, to be honest. Uh, I think especially yeah. in the second wave of COVID, we have really struggled. And I don't know if you have seen all the news, but actually people are suffering because and dying a lot. And in, in case people are even a lot of people are dying because of lack of oxygen cylinders in hospitals, which is something that we are really struggling right now. Uh, I think BBC have reported it, and I think all the major news yeah. have reported yeah. those things. That's why I asked so my friend because really I, I have seen it. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, fingers we crossed really things get better. Fingers, fingers crossed things yeah, get, get better, mate. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I my really friend, do hope so. I really do hope so. Yeah. 
Absolutely. My friend, what do you want to say on the Arsenal? What have you made of the last few days, the Super League, the protests, the poor performance against Everton? How are you feeling at the moment about Arsenal? Well, to be honest, I think it's been a bit embarrassing, to be honest, I think, to, to say the least. I think, uh, especially with all the things that has happened right now, uh, I think, you know, I, I personally do believe something like ESL will happen. Uh, I think it's just around the corner. But the issue with me was the timing of it. I think that was my main issue with the ESL because especially in a time, uh, especially at the time of COVID and all, I personally thought it was an embarrassment for the entire footballing fraternity, to be honest. Uh, I think it just felt like you know, some you know, some people with some rich, rich owners just coming and putting up their show and saying that we're going to do whatever we want. And at the end of the day, I think the fans have won in saying that it's not possible and it's not going to be very easy, to be honest. So I think yeah, it's a, win, a bit of a win-win situation for those fans also. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, and go on. Go ahead, mate. Go ahead. Yeah, I was, just, I was just saying that, and I think I was just saying that you know, uh, as an Arsenal fan, it's not the right time to be speaking a lot. To be honest, I think everything is just going haywire right now. So yeah, I was just saying the one point. Yeah, you can continue. You can continue. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I think you're absolutely right, and I mean, I'll, I'll bring Albert in on this. Albert, the the Super League, aside from being a shit idea, in my opinion, uh, to put it bluntly, aside from that, the timing of it, given what is going on in the world just felt so bad, didn't it? So, so wrong. Yeah. And I think, I think the thing that sums up the most, um, obviously with Arsenal and the other five breakaway big clubs is the managers and the players didn't have a clue, Harry. Like you saw it with the May United Burnley game when, you know, when sort of Solskjaer got not ambushed, but he got asked the question, what are you supposed to say? If something that you don't have no clue about, um, it, it was a shock, Harry. And, and, it wasn't because, you know, if you sort of read in between the lines of, um, they've talked about this thing for a number, number of years. And, um, you know, I think it's the secrecy that went behind it, mate. The, the secret Zoom calls, the phone calls, the plot in the meticulous way they'd done it. Um, they knew there'd be a backlash, but even I don't think they're prepared for how, how big it was from us as fans. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Sebin, anything else you want to add in terms of, the wider story with regards to Arsenal, it's been a difficult season. I mean, I'd like to ask you how you're feeling going into to these crucial Europa League games that are just around the corner. Well, I think, you know, it's just a break of me. And I think it's very important. We have to win the Europa League. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that for me. Because, you know, if you don't win the Europa League this season, I think our league position is so pathetic right now. To be. I personally never thought I would be seeing our club in such a bad state, to be honest. And to be to be honest, I, I personally thought you know, Michael Arteta was the right appointment for our club. I personally thought so, because I thought there was something fresh with him. And I still do believe he's going to be a right manager. But I just don't think things around him are not working right for you know, some, some reason or other. That's why I, I still back him, to be honest. You know, a lot of people are not still, and it's their opinion. But I still do back him. I believe that you know he needs to be given some more time. I think Europa League will give him that time. And I so personally do believe we have to win it. It's very much an important thing that we have to win it. But saying about the season as a whole, I think it's been very bad. I think our league yeah. performance has been so pathetic. Uh, just hope that we will win that Europa League and you know, fingers crossed we'll do that. Absolutely. Sebin, I want to thank you for coming onto the show, yeah. mate. I'm going to have to let you go just because I've got a queue of people uh, waiting to join. But Sebin, thank you uh, as always for your support, mate. And I hope things improve in India and I hope yeah. you stay safe, my friend. All the best. Thanks, care, yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.
No problem. That was the brilliant Sebi. Let's move on to our next caller. Uh, Savreen, can you hear us loud and clear? Oh, I think he's gone, Harry. He's, oh, he's gone. gone. He's gone. Sabrine's hold on. There we go. Sabrine, can you hear us? Nope, he's gone. Nope. Uh, let's move on to our next caller. Andy, thanks for waiting patiently, mate. How are you? I'm good, mate. Uh, big, big fan of the show. And yeah, it's always nice to see uh, Spurs bottle another trophy. So I'm good, mate. I'm in good mood. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, mate. Thank, well, thanks for joining and thanks for your kind words as well, mate. How, how have you been feeling about sort of everything that's unfolded in the last sort of seven days or so. I remember it was pretty much this time last week we were hearing that an announcement about the Super League was imminent. The announcement came from the various clubs. There was about 24 to 48 hours of a, an absolute shitstorm. And uh, before you knew it, everybody had pulled out. But it really shone a light, didn't it, on the world of football and, and kind of the level of greed that we're seeing, particularly mm. in some of the elite clubs and I and I do my fingers because we're sitting in mid table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean it's just it's been crazy. I mean it's just like every day that's just escalating. It's just been it's just been mad. But I mean it might not be the most popular opinion, but in in terms of uh, Josh Conkey when he met with the fans forum, there were certain things I actually did agree with in the sense that um when he asked himself what would be worse you know a super league or a super league without arsenal if it were to happen you know I, i'd want my club to be in it you know it might not be i don't like the idea of it i don't think it's good for football but in that sense i don't really blame him for jumping on the bandwagon i think you know <laughs> it's hard to say but i do think that if it did end up going ahead and you know we were left behind uh, spurs were in it they were playing in this in this big competition and, and we were sort of left behind I, I don't think fans would would have liked that neither so i do think i do think they were put in an awkward position in that sense albert do you agree with that do you feel like arsenal had no choice but to jump on the bandwagon if this thing was indeed going to get off the ground i hear what i do hear what andy's saying i, I can sort of take a step back and look at it from the cronkies point of view but i think the problem you've got is where I know Arsenal going to come out and say that they didn't spearhead this, the you know these talks to go ahead with the ESL. But the problem is it, that probably is the truth. We're never ever going to find out. But I think because of the because of the situation we've had with the Cronky since they've been in charge. I mean, one of the things I took away from the sort of the fans forum is that they've come into the club from from a position where there's been no trust from the beginning. They've even said that. So. If you've got no trust from the beginnings with your fan base, this has gone and happened last week in terms of the ESL and break break breakthrough, and then you've got the fans from on top of that. They can say they want to gain back the trust, but it's it's to me they never had it in the first place, and even the smallest bit of resemblance, Harry and Andy, that to give the Cronkies any credit at, at any point since their tenure at the club, that completely went out the window. We've been a bit of a shambles off the pitch for a very, very long time in terms of so many different issues in terms of recruitment, the people that's come in, um, the lack of experience off the pitch, as well as Mikel Arteta being appointed the head coach. Um, so many factors you can look at. So I think where we are as a club and how poor it's been this season, that's what triggered. I think for some people, they say the old saying that, that you know, that it, the camel, the, the straw broke the camel's back. I think that happened on the 18th of April, and I think Arsenal fans have had that 
epiphany moment together to say, you know what? I don't know how long it's going to take, but we need to move this guy on somehow. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. And and I said that when I first heard about the Super League, if you go back to the podcast that we released, I think it was the next morning. Um, the first thing I said was, I don't like it, but if it is going to happen, how can Arsenal not be in it? How yeah. can Arsenal pass up the opportunity to increase their revenue by a huge amount and, you know, and, and allow all of their competitors, if you like, to pick up that kind of huge extra bit of revenue and, and us to just be left behind. So I found that strange. And, and then my anger kind of came from when, when I heard that, and I, and I don't know if you agree with this, Andy, my anger started to increase when I learned that, well, I thought that the, the Cronkies were at the forefront of this. Now they've denied that. Yeah. But Stan Kroenke was named as vice chairman of the European Super League. If you go on the website now and you look into the details, Stan Kroenke is still the vice chairman. So how does someone go from jumping on the train as okay. it's leaving the station, to use the phrase that Vinay used in that fans forum, to becoming a vice chairman? I mean, that didn't wash with me. Andy, did it wash with you? I mean, it just wouldn't make sense, wouldn't it? I mean, he's American... The model that they set up is, you know, in a very American-style league, mm. you know, no with no relegation. So it, it would make sense. Having said that, you know, do we believe it? Do we not? I don't know. But I do think, like you said, if there, if there is one to be created, Arsenal's got to be one of the first names on that sheet for being in that league. I mean, we're still, I know we haven't been the best in recent years, but we're still a massive club. You know, you can't yeah. deny that and we can't deny our, you know, eligibility to be in that competition. I think, you know, we, we do deserve it and overall through our history. So, yeah, absolutely. And I and I agree with that. I mean, um, Andy, just kind of final, final question. And I apologise, I've got to move it so quickly. I just got a few people waiting awesome. uh, in the wings. But how are you feeling going into the uh, two-legged tie with Villarreal? Of course, yeah. the first leg comes up on yeah. Thursday. I'm not feeling great about it. How about you? No. I'm, I don't know about you. I'm buzzing for it. I mean, I said to myself, um, I love Andy. So positive. I yeah. love it. No, no. Honestly, my ideal situation was semi-finals, get past Emery. You know, that's a what a, what a couple of games that's going to be. You know, with the with the hype behind it, um, and then a possible final with United. It's just, it just, it's the dream, isn't it? Really. I mean, that would be yeah. that'd be the ideal scenario. But yeah, fingers crossed. But I do, I do believe we can. We've got a good chance. We've got a good chance. Good stuff. Andy, where are you joining us from? Uh, Cheshire. Okay. Cheshire, quite a way yeah. away. But uh, brilliant yeah. to see that the show's reaching uh, exactly. all, across, all across the country. So, Andy, thank you so much, mate. And I look forward to you speaking. Uh, I look forward to speaking to you again uh, very, yeah. very soon. Take Cheers care, mate. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Take care. That Good was call. the brilliant Andy. Let's move on to our next caller, Junior Gunner. How are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you, Harry, mate, and the rest of Chronicles of Laguna. Lovely to be on. Brilliant stuff, mate. Where are you joining yeah. us from? I'm joining you from Essex South End. So not okay, too far not, away not from North too London. far. I bet yeah. you had a lot of the North Londoners popping down to South End this weekend to enjoy the weather. <laughs> well, I mean, the South End beach is a little bit more of a pleasure place, but I mean, it's <laughs> you <can say> that <laughs> yeah, more about the Emirates, but yeah. <laughs> it's hardly How the Bahamas, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's hardly no, the Bahamas, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How are you guys? 
All good, man. All good. All good. Yeah. Keeping well. Yeah. How are yeah. you feeling, mate, about sort of everything that's gone down in the last week? I mean, I, in the title, I put some talking points. I put the Cronkies. I put the protest. I put the defeat to Everton. I put Burn Leno in there as well. But I don't want to steer the conversation here. I want you guys to, to, to say what you want to say. So kind of yeah. what's what's been brewing in your mind over the last few days? Um, to be honest, with the whole Burn Leno situation, I feel like... It's a it's a bit difficult with Burnley because I feel because he's been here for three years now. He's going on to his third year at Arsenal, and he's been so consistent. Not really made dropped many clangers at all. I mean, off the top of my head, the only one I could think he made the previous season was against Chelsea, which ironically was Mikel Arteta's first game. But up until this point now, he I in the same way kind of a has been given a lot of credit in the bank because of what he's done for Arsenal. You know, um, Golden Boot winner in two seasons. Burn Leno being as consistent as he had been up until this point, I feel like he does have that credit in the bank where he should kind of been be allowed the benefit of the doubt. He has had a difficult season and he has made like you know he's dropped a clanger here and there, but I think we shouldn't forget how uh, like uh, effective or like how consistent he has been for us during that period because like I can't think deeper that. Oh, it's gone mute there. We just lost you there for a second, mate. Is he back? There we go. Oh, oh. Is he back? Can you hear us, mate? I think we've lost him. You've lost him. Junior. Junior, mate. We'll we'll come back to you, mate. Stay there. We'll try try and log out and back in. Uh, I'll move on to another caller and I'll come back to you, mate, just because your sound. Yeah, here he is. Here he is. He's back. Yep. Now we can hear you, mate. Can you hear us? Oh, no, gone we again, can't man. hear you, mate. We oh. can't hear you, mate. Log out and log back yeah. in again, and we'll move on to the next caller when we'll bring you back, mate. Um, okay, some technical you. difficulties. No worries, technical mate. Uh, Wait, back, hold on. All right, cool. Come back, come back, come back. We'll bring him back on in a moment. Let's move on to our next caller. <laughs> Savrine, how are you, sir? I'm doing very well. How are you? We are good, my friend. Where are you joining us from, pal? I'm joining you from Montreal. Canada. Montreal, Canada. Oh, wow. How, uh, how are things in Montreal, Canada? Uh, pretty uh, okay. Uh, things are opening up a little bit. Um, but yeah, uh, looking forward to the summer at least now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Severine, what have you made of, of the last few days, the events that have surrounded not just Arsenal, but the, the wider footballing world? Uh, how are you feeling? What is it that you want to get off your chest this evening? Yeah, and I feel like I'm I'm kind of glad now to be living in London because I've, I I don't have too many other fans around me that they would be looking at me like your club is the one who did this. So I, I feel bad about what happened. I know we talk about that this is something uh, they had to jump on the uh, on the train. They was leaving and whatever. I don't feel that they had an opportunity to make things right. It's not the only thing they did bad in last for 10 years, they've been doing things bad, right? Uh, they had, I think they should have taken this as an opportunity to, to consult with the fans, to consult with the players, at least, or the managers. They didn't consider any of the stakeholders who would be affected by this, and they just made a, another mess out of it. I don't think they should be getting any other chance. Um, I just, I'm just done with this uh, stupidity they've been doing. Um, Year after year, we see the same thing, just team losing, losing, we're just getting habitual of this. 
I don't know how many new uh, generation fans are joining us. Now we say that we laugh at City not having fans, but there's a generation of fans who are joining for being City fans. After 20 years, they will have history as well, like we have right now. So I think we're just losing out on a lot of things, a lot of time when when the clubs are going global, we are losing out on a lot of fans to make this club even bigger than it should be, than it is right now. Um, yeah, so I, all of this I put down to uh, the owners we have, most of it at least. Not this season though, but most of it. Yeah, no, I agree. Albert, I know you want to ask Severine a question, mate. Go ahead. Yeah, cheers, Harry. Yes, Severine, I was just to ask you, what, um, what did you make of the response from the Cronkies, um, from Josh Cronkey, from the fans' forum? What did you do? You, did he fill you with any confidence, or did you just feel that it's kind of you didn't hear anything different no. from what you've no. heard before? No, I did not. I only think it just cemented the fact that they are disconnected from the fans. The yeah, fact 100%. that he said. Um, there was one point he said uh, that, oh, you want your cold nights in Stoke. I think it, they just yeah. completely missed yeah. whatever yeah. we are complaining about. That mm. I don't think European League is a, is a problem. The problem is, it's just another name for Champions League, right? The problem is not having the merit. The problem is not having, being connected to other clubs, other smaller clubs. They just completely missed the plot. We don't want to play Stoke. We have to go to Championship for that. They just don't know. Yeah, that's is important. Yeah, that particular yeah, comment. Just, that particular comment was. Yeah, uh, that it's was like the bit that being arrogant, being yeah. not knowing what fans want is it was completely unacceptable. Uh, that, that was like, the piece. Yeah, that's like I, you cannot take this. It, it's similar to when I remember when Wenger said in the uh, in the title race when Leicester won the title after finishing um, the season, Wenger said we moved from third to second this season. That's the time I realized that Wenger is not the man anymore to take this club forward. When you are promoting that we moved from third to second when we should have been won the league at, in that season, I felt like no. And this is the comment when I felt like no, you yeah. you just cannot do this anymore. It's not your job. It's just, not just, your cattle fish. Just touching on that comment that, that Josh Kroenke made about English fans wanting a cold night in Stoke. That that was the bit for me of all of the fans forum that left me most wound up and most frustrated and most disappointed. Because for me, he has literally watched the Chelsea protest on TV. He has spotted somebody's banner and he's yeah. literally rolled that off as if it is like, you know, it's like going to work right and being given something to do. And, and you were supposed to read up on it and you didn't. So you blagged it. And, and you come into a meeting and you're just literally reading off of what's on the piece of paper in front of you. And you're trying to almost con those who are listening into believing that you actually care or that you actually did the yeah. background work. It was just, he just wheeled out the most, for me, the most frustrating. It's one of the most annoying cliches in football. And to and, hear your and, owner roll that out is really frustrating. And it's a proof that they're not just connect, disconnected from the fans, they're disconnected from the board as well. I think someone should have told them that this is not the thing to say, or this is not or how to answer a question like this. He just or briefing, yeah, yeah. He just he did not even connect it to the board. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Savreen, thank you so much for joining us, mate. We've got to move on because we've got oh, a few oh, more man. callers waiting. But thank you very thank much. You very much. And, uh, thank you very much. Big love to day, Montreal guys. in Canada. Hope you're yeah, all good. Thank you. Massive. Take care, mate.
Brilliant. Cool. Severine joining us from Canada. Uh, we've got Ryan waiting in the wings. Ryan, I'll be with you in a moment. I'm just going to move back to Junior Gunner because he was with us uh, and we lost him due to technical difficulties. Junior, can you hear us now? Um, can you hear me? This is the more yeah, we can question. hear you now. Yeah, we can hear <laughs> you now. Go ahead, mate. Go okay, ahead. You were talking yeah. about Bern Leno, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just basically saying that I feel like he does deserve a lot more trust from my fan base because he's done a lot more good things than he's done bad things for us. You know, as you, I've, I've seen your podcast so many times, Harry, and you've said he's got the ability to pull off a world-class save that many keepers in the Premier League aren't capable of doing. You can speak about the reliable keepers like Emmy Martinez and Nick Pope and the likes and whatever that are very good, um, dominate the area very well, but there's very few keepers within the Premier League that can pull off that kind of, blinding save that you know gets thrown off as like a hollywood save and whatever and stuff on a consistent basis and Leno is very capable of doing that now across the premier league i don't see many keepers on his level in terms of shot stopping ability so yes he has made errors but just to not start saying now that we need to look for a new goalkeeper you know that i think that's a bit silly to be honest because there's far more bigger problems at arsenal and to now like highlight Burn Leno as someone that is one of those issues is I, I think that's a bit premature to be honest but um, uh, yeah that's my opinion on the goalkeeper at the moment but um, you know with the manager because that's another uh, that's a completely different situation now as well is when people now start to say that kind of it's make or break for him I do see the logic behind it I'm probably I, I align with that myself personally because you know if you, you see how we perform you know it's 13 wins, 13 losses, you know, uh, there's quite a lot of draws alongside that as well. That's not good enough for Arsenal. You know, I, I, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's 46 points after 33 games. Mm. That's that's like, that's something that you look at and you'd be proud of as like a team that's just been promoted to say that, cool, we're safe for the season. That's not a, an Arsenal side that is, you know, meant to dominate games at the Emirates and, you know, probably, you know, I think it's seven losses, you know, that's not something that you know we should be looking at and saying like this is like a, a like a standpoint at which we can progress and move on from. This is something that we should completely, you know, we shouldn't stand for. Essentially, this it's not good enough. So we've got the obviously the game on Thursday, and you know, <sighs> you'd expect us to try and get a positive result from that and try and build on that and try and see if we can make it towards the final. But I'm sorry, but if we don't make at least to the final or put up a good fight in the final because the last time we were in the Europa League we remember how that happened if we don't do that then um, you can't really look beyond the manager and say that you know it's good enough we should be looking at uh, someone else that can kind of fill in these positions someone that's more competent for the role and, because it's not good enough at the moment it's awful this is the worst Arsenal side I've seen in years I'm only 22 but like you know, I, I saw teams that had far less investment in 2007, 2008. You know, Fabregas, Kleb, Nasri, uh, um, and stuff. The far less investment within the team, but played good football and were consistently in the Premier League. I know there's less competition as there was back then, but still, that this is a very, very poor Arsenal squad with a lot of investment within the team, which is the worrying point. Absolutely. So, yeah. Albert, I know you want to come in, mate. Go ahead. Yeah, I sort of, sort of posed the question to kind of both of you, really, in terms of Burn Leno. Um, you know what it is? I think with most goalkeepers, I won't say every goalkeeper, most of them are pretty decent when it comes to shot stopping. I mean, that's the one quality I think as a goalkeeper 
if you haven't got, then you shouldn't be in goal, to be honest with you. But I think with Bern Leno, um, I think possibly, I would say before Matt Ryan came in, it, I think the problem with Arsenal in a lot of positions is there's, there's not competition in many in many of the asset, m- many of the departments of the team. There's not, he had, he had that push with Martinez, obviously, before, uh, before he went to Aston Villa. But I think with Leno, what it is, it's the... I know people talk about credit in the bank, and I get it with Aubameyang. Um With Leno, he has pulled out some outstanding saves in certain games, but I think there's been a, I think there's been more errors for him probably this season than I've seen. I mean, the brain fart against um, Wolves, um, the goal the other night. The thing I think the issue with Leno, he doesn't command his area, um, and I think that may be partly to do with the fact of who's playing in front of him. But then the defenders could probably say that in terms of Leno, he doesn't give them that assurance. Do, what do you guys feel about that? Is, um, would, you, would you disagree with that? Or do you think that it's too quick to sort of write him off? I'll let Junior come in because you lot hear my bloody opinions on it all the time. So, <laughs> uh, Junior, go ahead, mate. Um, with Bern Leno, I agree that he's probably had his worst season for us in coming up to his third year. So, you can't really look at his performances this season and stuff, you know, the kind of that you're talking about. I, I, is it the same game where he ran out like 30, 40 yards up the pitch? And yeah. yeah. Out? Is that the same game? Okay, yeah. The, the, um, the yeah. walls away, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you've done that and you're just thinking like, we were in a position, we, we, we weren't, we had like so much avenue to still get back into the game. I know we had a player sent off, but he still, you know, like he lost it, all of his composure. I think the, the problem with Bern Leno was a concentration thing. And the problem, that's yeah. happened in like weeks gone by is that almost that you know and this is what Arteta keep, um, comes out after games and complains a lot about is the fact that we dominate games we don't allow teams to really like you know do much in terms of uh, chance creation and then go up the other end it's almost like Bird Leno has like an hour of not doing anything so and like in he's like involvement in the game so many that almost when he does have like that small period within the game where he's under pressure and stuff it's like he loses concentration because it's yeah. like he hasn't been involved for so long within the game and i'm not using that as an excuse for him i'm just saying that it feels like he does have that tendency kind of like a like a chesney sent tendency when he was still playing for us where he's like he could be brilliant for 70 60 uh, 70 80 minutes whatever but it's like that brain fuck he has within the game because it's just the lack of concentration that he may have and it's like it can cost us and obviously you know the game that's just gone you know we played against Everton that's a prime example of it but yeah I would say kind of give him that small buffer period or like give him that little period where you can just allow him to regain a bit of form see if he can mm. kind of turn the form around and stuff because he's going to be so vital between now and to the end of the season. He's going to be the keeper that plays in the semi-finals, and if we get to the finals, he'll play in the final. So I kind of taper that, you know, like I, I wouldn't um, completely throw him under the bus just yet. I'd allow him to still try and build on the negative performances that he's put in and mm-hmm. see if he can turn it around, because he's still very good keeper I know, I know he's number three for Germany but you know when you've got to Stegen and Neuer in your position or behind you you know it's it's not really saying yeah. a lot about your goalkeeping ability it's just because of the you know people in this department so yeah yeah no and I agree with that and I agree with that I guess the only mm. thing I would kind of counter that with is that being able to to concentrate 
throughout a game, even when you're not particularly busy. I think that's what separates the elite goalkeepers from the good goalkeepers. But Junior, uh, thank Great. you so much for joining us, mate. Um, got to move it on just because I've got a few people waiting, but thank you so no much, worries, pal. Thank um, thanks for supporting the show and I'll catch you yeah. soon, I'm sure. Yeah, 100%. Nice one, lads. Thank you. Take Thanks, care, man. mate. Let's uh, bring on Ryan uh, from the Mr. Arsenal podcast. Ryan, how are you, mate? Go. Thanks for waiting patiently. Uh, very good after after today, today's results. So, yeah, apart from that, crap week. Yeah, pop, it, pop it, it has been a crap week. Um, you can always rely on Spurs, though, to uh, to make it, it seem a little bit better, to, <laughs> to improve the outlook of things. Uh, Ryan, what do you want to say, mate? I, as I said to the other guys before, I don't really want to steer the conversation mm. here. I want you guys to, to you know, um, to get off your chest, whatever it is you want to get off your chest, because it's been a mad week. There are so mm. many things we could talk about. Uh, so the floor is yours, mate. Go ahead. I also, I also want to thank Stan Kroenke and his company for finally giving us, after 11 years, the reason to come together as one. He, he finally showed his hand, because for years and years, we've never trusted him day one. Mm. He's done things of his own accord, like the, the uh, he has well, that channel thing he has with the animal stuff and all that malarkey. The hunting channel, wasn't the, it? Hunt, yeah, 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 the hunting, the hunting channel, the taking money at the club and not even telling us why or the consulting fees and this, that, and the other. But he's never done anything that properly in the in terms of Arsenal, thrown Arsenal the name and everything it stands for under the bus for a bit of money. This week he did, and I, thankfully he did do that because now it brought the fan base together. To unite as one, because we've always been divided over the last well, sorry, eight, eight, nine years, maybe more. Wenger in, Wenger out, Nega Arteta, and this, that, and the other, or you know, I am or something. There's always something with divides fan base. This is united as us one, and as we, and also I want to thank also the the PR foul of that forum because I, I listened to it on the day of the protest. I was listening to it back when the audio went up. You could tell Josh didn't want to be there. By the tone of his voice, he just didn't want to be there. The arrogance of the man talking about the Stoke. Oh, you basically saying you English fans, you want the you, you Stoke, your Burnleys, and all yeah, that. Yeah. You're waiting for all that today. Yeah. How we'll, we'll appease you for now, but the global fans are more important to us. That's but essentially. Yeah, this, but it's the thing he never actually addressed <laughs> the fans globally or us us ourselves, the ones the local fans. And his excuse was it's a pandemic. Well, hang on, we were still in a pandemic, and you're now coming up on a Zoom. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, absolutely. And I think the important thing about the Super League proposal was not that, you know, it wasn't that we were going to play too many games against top teams mm. and then not play against crap teams. Look, mm. when I think back to some of my favourite times of going to watch the Arsenal, it's been games against. Europe's biggest sides, the historic mm. sides, the traditional sides. How many times have I been to an Arsenal Burnley or an Arsenal Wigan? And of course, I always look forward to going to Arsenal, but it doesn't have that same buzz, does it? Mm. You know, if, if somebody said to me at the last minute, oh, you can't go Arsenal Burnley tonight, mm. I'd, I'd get over it. If someone told me I can't mm. go to Arsenal Barcelona, I'd be devastated. So mm. I, I get the whole thing about, you know, the, the wanting the bigger games. I, I get that. It's just the fact that you don't have to, qualify for it which is which was a mess that, and and that was the, the yeah. worst thing about it well that's the same for me because it's not like, this season we all know we're 10th we're currently 10th in the league we're mid-table we're not going to qualify for Europe in the league West Ham Leicester Villa uh, Everton all doing better than us they're all in European spots as we speak and we're now saying you're, you might not you might not from, that, from, from now on next season don't bother because we're guaranteed a European spot anyway no matter what we could get exactly. relegated in the championship 
we don't have even though we're a big club we don't have that right no one has that right and i don't yeah. like also this the, the attitude of joss and vinai of oh we are forced into it our hands are forced but you're Josh, your dad was, as you said, Harry, earlier on, vice chairman. One of the vice chairman of the whole thing, yeah. or president, whatever. It, it, nothing adds up. It's all PR. It failed. And anything, because the audio, the audio side of the forum dropping when it did, I think, enticed more of the fans to come out on Friday night. And, yeah. you know, that's fantastic to see. Now, another thing we need to... The protest on Friday can't just be a one-off. It has to... We have to be consistent oh now. We God. really want this man out of this club, every home game protest, go to training ground and protest, make your voice heard, boycott all the sponsorships like the Adidas and this, that, and all the other sponsorships we have, boycott them, don't go into club shops, don't buy stuff online, don't put money in his pocket, hit him where it hurts, and the last day of the season, we've got a home game, we can, we, we're meant to be allowed to go to by then, don't go to that game, don't buy a ticket, don't go into that, how embarrassing could, would that potentially be to him all the other Premier League clubs are allowed to have their fans in, have fans in, and wear an empty stadium still. There's, well, there's certain ways we could go about things. Sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry, Harry. Mate. I was I was just, uh, go, go ahead, on, mate. I was, I was just going to quickly say, when you're talking about boycotting the sponsors, I've already boycotted that uh, <laughs> coffee sponsor, Lavazza, because they're coffee Lovatza. shit. <laughs> go on, go, go on, Albert. Go ahead, mate. Yeah, you know what? I think with the, with the Arsenal fans forum thing, Ryan, you make a good point in terms of um, sort of you know what the door's been firmly shut let's be honest with this with this ownership that we've had at the club but they made a grave mistake on the 18th of april man and that that was the door that is slightly creaked open i think with the fans forum sort of fallout and people what people heard and people have their different points of what they thought you know what this guy hasn't got a clue or they're just out of touch for me it was almost trying to say when they when he talked about out, outside influences and you know, you know. I thought to myself, hold on a minute, but you, you're, you've got a full stake of the club. What influence? What outside influence are you talking about? You knew what you was doing. Like I said earlier, this was meticulous, meticulous planning. Hmm. Zoom calls, phone calls, whatever. This has been years in the making. Hmm. Um, you know, when you just look at the figures they're talking about money-wise, when I was listening to um, Carvey Solical last week, even just the money alone just to accept the invite to go into this ESL. It's frightening. Just, just that alone. Yeah, it's huge. And it's it dwarfs what they get in Champions League money. So mm. it's it's like being, it's the best way to say it's like being invited. It's like being at a party where you wasn't invited. Mm. We don't deserve a seat at the table like Ian Wright said. We don't. No. But, but then equally, it, but then equally yeah. playing, playing devil's advocate, if there's a let's go back to to the school days if you're in school and there's a bird you like and she invites you to your party to her party and you know that all your mates ain't going to be there and and you're not you don't really belong there you're still going to go aren't you so i'm not i'm not defending arsenal in any way no, no, shape or form right because it it I, I was at the protest i was as disappointed and as pissed mm. off as everybody else but it's just it's it, for me it's shone a, a light on the state of football more than it has on any of yeah. the individual clubs that went for mm. it. Um, and that is the biggest concern for me. It actually made me realise that as much as I love Arsenal, obviously Arsenal is my number one. I adore Arsenal Football Club, but I love the sport of football more. And and it's because I love the sport of football that I love Arsenal. If I didn't like the sport of football and I thought the sport was going in the wrong direction, naturally you'd lose a bit of interest, wouldn't you? So mm. it's important that we protect the sport. And I think this was a, a bit, bit of a Kicking wake up teeth. call. 
Massively. Yeah, the, the tribalism sometimes needs yeah. to go to the side and we need to focus on what's really important. Mm. Um, Ryan, thank you so much, mate. Um, no how can people check out your channel? Um, feel free to plug it. Yeah, thanks. Okay, thanks for having me on and, and all that. But yeah, you can find me here on YouTube, the Mr. Arsenal Podcast. You can also, you also find the audio side of it, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And also you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Arsenal 89 and I'll get, you get all the promo, promo stuff beforehand and hours in advance of anything I ever do on the channel. But yeah, thanks again. No worries at all, mate. Thanks for chatting and yeah, I'll mate. catch you soon, mate. All the best. Cheers, mate. Right, bro. That was the brilliant Ryan. Make sure you check out the Arsenal, uh, Mr. Arsenal podcast. And uh, up next is another man with an Arsenal podcast. Just as good as Arsenal podcast. Uh, Richard, how you doing, mate? Welcome. Oh, well, yeah, good evening, uh, you guys. Good to always chat to, to both of you. What a, what a fantastic um, panel you've got there, a host and a co-host. Absolutely brilliant. What, what a show it's been as well. Absolutely fantastic. Thank it's you, mate. Great, great to be a part of it. Thanks, mate. No worries at all, mate. Go ahead, mate. What do you want to get off your chest? How are you feeling? It's been a week of ups and downs. And actually, it's been a week of downs, really, isn't it? More than anything. It has. I mean, I would say over the over the last year, slowly and slowly, my kind of love of football has been really affected by lots of different things that's gone on. And this week, it's all kind of come to a head in all at the same time, really, hasn't it? You know, with the European Super League nonsense at the start of the week, obviously, we know the problems with the owners. It's been... For a long time now this isn't a new thing is it and it's good that maybe this has happened in a sense to, as ryan said before to bring everyone together because you know it's been uh we know that we, we've had the wrong people in charge of this club for quite a long time and you know I, I agree we've maybe been divided before with the manager out and the manager in and all kinds of other stuff has deflected us away from the real issue and now it's come to a head and hopefully this is going to end up being a positive in the long term but I'm not convinced I mean there's kind of three big issues isn't there this week they've all got three letters haven't they you've got VAR you've got KSE and you've got ESL and all three of them have come in the same week in the same way and really negatively affected us all and um hopefully this week's now over and done with and like we said obviously that the Tottenham result today has maybe hopefully turned the corner a little bit and we can look ahead to this this week now and it's a big week for the club you know let's not distract away from the fact we've got a European semi-final coming up in four days time and it's important I think that yes there's other issues going on behind the scenes that are important there's issues on the pitch that aren't very good either but I think this week we need to come together as a fan base and just get behind the team for these two big games in Europe and obviously a, a big Premier League game in between as well but particularly these two Thursday night games coming up you know because our whole future of the club actually could depend on us being in Europe next season being in the Champions League and these two games are massive for that, aren't they? So, you know, whatever we feel about the owners, whatever we feel about the manager and the, the, the squad of players and the performances and everything else that's going on, I think this week is important that we just focus on the one thing this week that's important, and that is Thursday night's game and getting behind everybody that's involved in that side of it on the night and in the week leading up to it. Because this is going to, I say, I believe it's a, it's a probably an era-defining week, actually, because if we get knocked out of this... Um, Europa League this week, no European football next season. You have to wonder what where the club's going to be able to go. You know, um, yeah. and it worries me a lot, actually. Uh, you know, we think we've had a hard time last few years and we have, but I feel as though if we're not in Europe next season with the extra money, where's the next few years going to go, especially if we've still got the same owners in place? Um, so it's... I don't think I've seen a bigger game that Arsenal have had with these next two in the in the Europa League. 
I can remember for a long, long time, you know, and obviously I go back quite a while watching Arsenal and there's not many games I think have been bigger than this in terms of what it means to the future of the club, not, not just what it means for this season alone, but for the future going forward. I mean, if we can be in the Champions League next season, you think about what a great achievement that would be and how important that will be in terms of finances as well with all the money that the club have lost, all clubs have lost over the last year or so. You know, for us to get in the Champions League, yes, have we got the squad to compete? doesn't matter. What's important is the money that we're going to get in from being in it next season. And it's so important. I don't think we should underestimate that now. And, you know, the performances have been terrible. But if it means everybody saving themselves for a big push this week, then it would have been... I'll take losing to Everton and scraping a draw against Fulham if it means that we get through the semi-final and even obviously go on and win it as well. You know what I mean? I would take them defeats and all these nine home defeats that we've had and all these other terrible performances. I would take them if we end up winning the Europa League at the end of the season and we're in the Champions League next year because the future of the club will be a lot brighter or a lot better than it will be if we don't, put it that way. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Uh, I'm going to bring in Lee as well because I'm conscious of time. I don't want to run out and miss anyone. Lee, how you doing, mate? Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. How you doing? How are you? Okay. You all right, Albert? You all right, Rich? (laughs) Lee, where are you joining us from? Uh, Coventry. Coventry, okay. Yeah, good, good, good. Yeah, yeah. So the rest of us. How, how have you been feeling, mate, over the last sort of few days? Do you, you kind of share Richard's sentiments? You, yeah. Go ahead, mate. No, just how what Richard said, it's been very deflating, hasn't it, as a football fan? Really, like, just, you know, you kind of, like, lost, lose a bit of interest, don't you, in it? And then, like, you know, all of a sudden we've got this big game on Thursday. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, what's your prediction, Harry, on Thursday? Like, what is your prediction? <laughs> Listen, I, I, it's really difficult to say because I look at this Arsenal team, right? And I and I see them sometimes and I see them play for half an hour, 40 minutes, you know, brilliant football. And you think, this is what Mikel wants. This is what he's yeah, working yeah, yeah. towards. And then we just seem to have this ability to undo it with moments of absolute madness. madness and, and that is because there are still plenty of players at the football club that aren't good enough. And and when people get, you know, I get a lot of stick on here when I say, you know, when I talk about the process and, you know, I know that's just a PR buzzword and yeah. I'm not saying that, you know, everything that Mikel has done is, is completely right and you should never question anything. But for me, when people ask me what the process is, the process is replacing the shit that we've got at the club and improving yes. them. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. unfortunately, without Champions League football, Without an owner that's willing to to pump cash in, that process takes longer than it does, for example, at Chelsea, where they can throw 200, 250 million at a manager in one window and completely overhaul yeah, the squad. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a slow process and, and we've got to be sort of aware of that. I mean, I feel okay about the semifinals. I think if we play the way we can, we are a better side than Villarreal. But equally, there yeah. are sides. I mean, they league. played today, did they, Harry? They played Barcelona, didn't they? How, how did they get on I was, today? I don't know if you know. They played I Barcelona today, didn't they, Philip They, they lost, I think. I think they lost 2-1. They lose today. Yeah, it'd be a bit... I do think, Harry, I've got to say, though, you know, if, if we... For me, the only way Arteta remains next year is if we win Europa League. It's the only way. Like, anything less than that, you know, considering how you know, much of a poor season it's been, the only way he keeps his job is if we win UEFA. Like it, it, it's as simple as that for me. Albert, where are you, where are you on this? Are you on the whole? You know, if he doesn't win the Europa League, he's got to go. Kind of train, or because I'm not there. I I still look at it and think this is his 
this will be his first full season in charge. And on top of it being his first full season in charge, you've got to think about all the other crap he's had to deal with. And and even this week, you know, more has come across his day, desk and table. You know, he's got to deal with extra things. I, look, I, I mean, I'm still a bit on the fence about whether this uh, Europa League exit would spell the end for Mikel Arteta. But where are you on that, Albert? Um, I've been pretty... Cons- I like to think I've been pretty consistent with what I said about Mikel Arteta when I'm asked. Um, but you know what it is? Um, so quickly touching with Arsenal... I just don't. I, I, it's hard to like this team, man. It's hard to like them. Um, and you know what it is, Rich? You make a good point because I know we talk about the money and getting back into the, the Champions League. It, the Europa League was always, always going to be important, but it ramps up even further because our league form is so diabolical. Mm. Um, and I said that when we had that awful run sort of for two and a half months where we couldn't win a game, we've drawn lots of games and I said, Arteta will be lucky to make it into the new year, irrespective of whatever the hierarchy say. Um, but they got a big decision to make, mate. I said, if he wins Europa League, he buys him a season. But then yeah. the board, if they want to act like a board, listen, if they want to, if they say to themselves, you know what, he's won the Europa League, but you know what? If we look at our league form and how we played this season, and is that enough? That's, the, that's for the hierarchy to make that decision. But what worries me, with what's gone on in the last week, if we do get into the Champions League, as fans, we don't trust the board anyway. So how are we going to trust these guys going forward in terms of a a transfer window and backing Mikel Arteta, if he's still here, by the way? So it's tough, man. That's my sort of feelings on it, mate, to be honest. Richard, where are you on the the whole Arteta debate? You know, is it the last chance saloon, in your opinion? I think so, yeah. I mean, I think in in normal circumstances, with the league results that we've had, uh, he, he would have done well to have survived this long. Sure. The fact that we're still in the Europa League has kept him in the job, certainly for the time being. Um, and if we win it, of course, he's, he's done the minimum requirement which was to get us in the Champions League. So you can't sack him after that, regardless of where we finish in the league, because he's done the job he was brought in to do, which was get us back into the Champions League. So if we win it, he clearly deserves to still be managing next season just on that basis, I would say. I agree with Albert. Can we trust the owners to invest right in the, in the team and the squad to help us move forward? We don't know. Doesn't seem very likely looking at history, but you never know. Um, if we don't win the Europa League, whether we whether we lose a semi-final or whether we, we get to the final and lose like we did last time, then you have to say that if we're going to finish 10th or somewhere like that in the league, we've, we haven't qualified for Europe at all. I don't see how Arteta can keep his job at a club like Arsenal. You know, whether whether or not we think the board are taking it seriously, one has to be a serious football club. We are we are Arsenal. We're the third most successful club in English football. We're still one of the biggest names in European football. And we can't have a manager who's on the back of the terrible league results that we've had, got knocked out of Europe, not won anything, to keep his job. It just can't happen. You know, we've got to act like a, we've got to start acting like a serious club again. You know, we, we mock Chelsea because of the managers that they've gone through. And I don't want us to necessarily change the manager every year, but we've got to make the right appointment. We made the wrong appointment with Unai Emery, clearly. We've made the wrong appointment, it seems, with, with Mikel Arteta, certainly up to this point. But while we're still in the Europa League, we can maybe see what happens. Um, but if, if we are going to make a change again, whether it's the end of this season or, you know, in, in next season or whenever it might be, we have to get a, the decision to be right. 
or certainly look more likely to be right. You know, I think it was obvious Arteta, with his inexperience, was going to struggle. Yes, I agree. The other problems that we've had this year with, with the pandemic situation and everything else has added on to, to the issues he would have had anyway. But it was it's a massive job. When he took over in December 2019, it was a massive job. To, for anybody to come in and turn the club around, you know, with the situation as it was. And obviously the situation is even worse now. And I think it's going to take somebody um, even more experienced than maybe we needed before to be able to do it. So it's a tough it's a tough situation. But going back to the original question, if we don't win the Europa League, then yes, with the league form that we've had, the season that we've had, I think Arteta hasn't done enough to, to warrant staying in the job any longer, personally. Yeah, and 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 I just want to clarify that when I say I wouldn't sack him, it doesn't mean the pressure wouldn't be on him from the start of next season for me. If, if he fails to win the Europa League and we finish, what's he done though for you, Harry? What's, what's he done for you? If he doesn't win the Europa League, what's he done for you to deserve an extra the start to the new season or an, or an extra half a season or season? What's he done to to make him deserve that for you? For me, it's more a case of how hard the job was rather than what he's done. If that makes okay. sense, so yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's, for me, it's more the task is a lot harder than some people are giving him credit for. I mean, yeah, what, yeah. The, the thing that's often thrown at Mikel Arteta is, um, you know, th this squad is too talented to be where it is, and I agree with that. Mm. But there are also players in the squad who, and and a couple of them, just to name examples, and I'm, I'm not picking on these two in particular, just the first two that come to my mind, somebody like Nicolas Pepe, who one week can win you a game and the next week can be anonymous. Danny Ceballos, one week can be brilliant and the next week he can lose you the ball on the edge of your penalty area and cost you goals. I feel like there are too many players in that squad who can't can't stay consistent. They, they, they can't perform to the right level over a period of time. And I worry that... You know, the job is big. It's big for anybody. And uh, I always wanted someone more experienced. If you go back to the podcasts from when Unai Emery was, was sacked, I was banging the Carlo Ancelotti drum because mm. I said we made a mistake when we let Wenger, not that when we didn't make a mistake letting Wenger go, but we made a mistake not replacing him with the right man. Mm. And then you you got to bring someone in who will at least steady the ship for a few years. It was so important. And, and instead of going with someone inexperienced and, and going on to a decline. Um, but Lee, do you agree with me when I say that the job is harder than some people would have you believe? I'm not saying he's achieved no, what he should have. But... Ways, yeah. Go ahead, mate. No, I do agree with you in some ways, absolutely. But then I think, like, you know, he's doing a much much worse job than Emery did, didn't he? Like, do you know, I, I know it's a bit like hypocritical what I'm saying, but... Emery got sacked and he had a better winning winning ratio than Arteta, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? So, so how can you sack him and then Arteta's doing much worse and he's keeping his job? Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, it just don't make sense to me. I mean, I I personally can't forgive him because I wanted Martinez to stay as a number one goalie and I would have rather sold Leno. I've said that all year. And also the, how he's dealt with Saliba. You know, he, he he's our best defender for me, you know, in the club. And I can't forgive him for that. Do you know what I mean? And, um, so yeah, I, I just don't really, uh, I'm not a fan of Arteta, unfortunately, and I'm hoping you know that the board, you know, the board do make sense and he does go, but you know, we'll see how it plays, plans out. Sorry, yeah, I mean, sorry, me, Harry. go ahead, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, no, you know what it is, I think, um, Lee raises a point in terms of, and Rich mentioned it about Arteta. Um, I think people, even the most level headed people, 
Um, and I understand we've had COVID and, and there's a lot of, you know, little, there's a lot of circumstances to why the season's been the way it is. But I think people are struggling to make a case for him to still have a job at the end of the season. Even though we are in the last stage of the, of the Europa League, I think when you sort of tear it back, if you sort of strip everything back with the season we've had, even for those that are pro Arteta or want him to do well, they're struggling to put a case forward for him as to why the Bulls should give him another summer, for example. I think that's where a lot of people are right now. Mm. I mean, can I just say one last thing, Harry, as well, quickly? Yeah, I mean, yeah. for me, I mean, you might not agree, but it's the worst Arsenal side in over 25 years for me. It really is. I mean, maybe I'm exaggerated, but for me, as an Arsenal fan, it's the worst side I've, I've watched for over 25 years. I mean, do you agree or disagree on that? I agree with it. I've, you know, I I was brought up on Arsene Wenger. You know, my first game was in 1996. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, this is definitely the, the worst side and, and it's the worst league position. I, I, I agree with all that. Um, I guess... I guess there's, you know, people say, yeah, it's it's difficult to make a case. And it is. I just, the biggest thing that people see, or one of the big things that people throw at Mikel Arteta that I always get a little bit defensive of is when they say, you know, he's he's got rid of Saliba. He's got rid of Guendouzi. You know, he's done this and he's done that and he's made these decisions and, and they were wrong and all of that. For years and years and years, as a fan base, we've been saying, the culture at this club needs to change. It's, it's, you know, the attitude of these players is wrong. Everybody comes in, swans about, does whatever they want. We're all unhappy with it. Yet when somebody actually tries to take the steps to change that, and, and you're going to go through some pain in changing that, we're all going, well, he's getting rid of these players for the wrong reason. So there's there's got to be um, there's got to be a bit of balance there, I think. Let me just bring in uh, Mike as well. Um, Mike's going to be our last caller, but he's just joined us uh, now. So let me bring Mike in. Let's get a few minutes in with Mike as well. How you doing, mate? Welcome to the show. <laughs> Unbelievable stuff. I was just like, okay, I can only get the link on Twitter. And then I have no Twitter. And then, oh, the, the link's up there. Yep, unbelievable stuff. <laughs> Where are you joining us from, Mike? Uh, from countryside of Austria. Uh, Austria, uh, wow. Yeah, in the midst of nowhere. Uh, it's close <laughs> to 10. Uh, but yeah, fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Love the show. Brilliant. <laughs> Thank you, man. And I uh, love to have you on, mate. What, what do you, we, we were just talking about Mikel Arteta there. Would you give him another season, Mike, or is it for you as well, dependent it's on how he does in the Europa? It's a very risky move for me, um, to say the least. It could very well be that after like 10 uh, match days, it, it's all over. And then we have to start again uh, after like 10 uh, game days. Um, I have to say, it reminds me kind of like Schalke or other clubs where they or where they went down, down. And then they, they, were, they had a manager where they were not quite sure. I mean, they performed okay, well-ish. Had a good spell there, had a good spell there. And then all of the preparation is gone. After a couple of weeks, we need to find a new manager. It's a very risky move for me to go into the next season because I don't really see a way of playing at the moment. Like we play the ball over there. We're, we're keeping the ball. Somehow we get most of the possession, but we do not just simply not enough with it for me to say the least. 
Yeah, I think that's a valid point about the fact that we don't really use the ball well enough. You know, it, often we've heard Mikel, and, and one of the things that's frustrated me is when he comes out after games and says, well, we, we definitely deserve to win that game. He did it after the Everton game. Well, actually, we didn't, mate, because no, no. we didn't create enough chances, enough clear-cut opportunities. And and that's that's one of the things that over the last few weeks I've kind of gone... I think you're letting yourself down a little bit here. Those the, those excuses repeated itself like 10, 20 times this season. Where this, season, this is yeah. this is at The I mean, I can remember like Spurs, okay, uh, or like November. That that he used that excuse, okay, that excuse, okay, that's valid, okay. But then it repeated itself over and over again, and for me, it. It gets very old, to say the least. Okay, yeah. this was at fault. Okay, VAR was at fault. Yes, had a point in the whole in the in the game, but I mean to lose one nil and blaming VAR that we could not win the game. Yeah, it gets I very old. I agree. I agree. Right, guys, we're going to leave it there. Uh, we've run out of time, but I want to say a massive thank you to every single one of you who's on now uh, and to every single one of you who's been on throughout the course of the show. I love doing these, uh, so it's been great. My massive thank you to go to Albert for uh, joining me okay. as co-host uh, this evening. Uh, Richard, I know you've got a channel, you've got a podcast. How can people uh, head over and check it out? Plug away, mate. Yeah, no, cheers, Harry. I mean, obviously, thanks for having me on uh, the show again. It's always a pleasure chatting to you guys and Albert as well. And um, obviously, Lee and, and Mike as well, who have popped in as well here. Um, yeah, I mean, my channel is on YouTube. It's called Over and Over and Over Again. Um, I did originally call it the Positive Arsenal channel because I wanted to keep it away from all the negativity. That <laughs> yeah, seems yeah now I can remember. Now I can remember the channel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and it, it, I've just kind of changed changed the, the, the tag slightly, you know, because I've just been finding it so hard to be positive in recent weeks. But hopefully this week with the, with the Europa League semi-final, we can be positive. Yeah. So, yeah, come and check it out on YouTube over and over and over again. I'm on Twitter as well, which is at Over and Arsenal. And my personal Twitter is at B as well. So, yeah, if you want some Arsenal content, come over there and uh, be, be nice to, to have you involved. But, yeah, thanks again to Harry and obviously Albert as well. Brilliant show again. This is, uh, this is one of the best channels out there for Arsenal content absolutely brilliant Harry do a great job um, and it's always an honour to, to be involved thank you very much mate really really appreciate that uh, Lee thank you so much mate for joining me as well thank really you. really appreciate it love to the Midlands cheers mate yeah and Mike thank you so much as well mate love to Austria and uh, yeah I, I was very sad that we did not get to see uh, like uh, in Vienna I was I was, that was a point for me in the whole COVID crisis where like, okay, uh, group stages, Arsenal, repeat Vienna. Okay, things are getting personal now. I wanted that matchup for years. <laughs> yeah. I've got to be honest, then, if that was one of the away trips I would have done. Because, um, yeah. you know, in the Europa days, it's, it's been a little, you know, some of the games have been a little bit. A, a little bit too far or, yeah. you know, a little bit un inconvenient, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of them, to be honest, and I'm not being a snob when I say this, that they haven't appealed to me to say, yeah, I'm going to write, I'm going to book two, three days off and I'm going to go. But Vienna was somewhere I really wanted to yeah. visit. So I was devastated with that yeah. one. Uh, yeah. But fingers crossed it happens soon, Mike. <laughs> Maybe if we can sneak back into Europe next season, we'll, we'll play them then. Well, right. Well. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you hit the like button 
on your way out make sure you subscribe to the channel if you're new plenty more content coming uh, throughout the week including our live watch along of the game against via real uh, so very much looking forward to bringing you that i'll catch you all soon until then take care and stay safe all the best cheers thank you You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.